Hello, and welcome to another episode of Two Beers, Please. I'm Matthew Phillips, or Matthew Phillips. He's Yannick and Carnesau. We are the Two Beers, Please team, and we're here to talk all things sports. As always, March is upon us. Yannick, the Sweet 16 is set. Hearts, including ours, have been broken, as happens every March. You knew you knew your heart was going to get broken at some point from your. I mean, like only one one team, unless you're like, like St. Peter's can probably lose this weekend, and like their fans are going to be like, that was a terrific season. But right. for most teams, like if the Hawks would have made the Sweet 16, I certainly would have been more content with the season. But like, they would have gone and lost to Kansas, I, my heart still would have been broken. Right, because the longer they would have gone in the more hope you would have had, like, oh my god, were we right about how good this team is? And like, like... yeah, but I, I still would have liked to lose to Kansas. (laughs) I still would have liked to lose to Kansas. I would have preferred it. (laughs) And I've said, I've said before, I would, I would have rather lost to Northwestern in the Big Ten tournament and made the Sweet 16 than win a Big Ten champion, which like, Maybe that's stupid of me, but I've I've seen I kinda of remember the two thousand one one with Dean Thomas and Reggie Evans, like faintly, and then I remember two thousand six really well. I I don't remember the last time we were in the Sweet Sixteen, which was nineteen ninety nine. And that was the only time even in our live lives that we've been there. So I would I would trade a big t- I would. Yeah, I would have much rather been like, wow had such high hope for this team, then they lost first round, what are we going to do? And then them make a run, then be where we're at now, which was, for me, on an airport floor, watching the phone, watching the game on my phone in my Iowa shirt, and, like, watching us lose. And then, like, at the end, having a faint hope that maybe we wouldn't cough it up in the first round, but... Uh, and then having to board the plane right. with everybody else who had just watched Iowa get upset and be like, yeah... And I'm a fan here alone on the plane. That's that's the tough thing, especially when March Madness lines up with St. Patrick's Day, because like I feel like people go out day drinking for March Madness a little bit more anyway, because like whether you watch basketball or not, like people are always just like, yeah, I'm gonna support my school. Um, right. And then you add St. Patrick's. So like the bar we were at, we had a nice little Iowa crew, and every, everyone else there was like watching the game, and so like would talk to us about it, and then. At the I mean at the end we were just like what what should we do? There was a there was a small contingent of I think they were technically Davidson fans, but since they were A ten, they were cheering for Richmond and they gave us a hard time and I mean what can we say? We, Nothing. They, they did not play very well, but that's that's the tourney. Uh Iowa State has done well. We'll certainly talk about that. Champions League quarterfinals are set, shaping up for some really, really great semifinals. Sometimes the way it draws out we get some matchups like i think too early in the knockout like i wish there was a better i don't i don't really know if there's a solution but i wish there was a better way this year we got some good quarterfinal ones but i think it, it looks like the teams that we really expect to possibly win it are all gonna be meeting up in the semis possibly as i say that utter yeah. chaos will probably uh go on but john how are you doing today i'm doing well uh i i you know I am I <laughs> I would like the NFL if I could talk to the NFL real quick. Uh love what you're doing. Could you give me like a day in between things? Just cuz I I have like I didn't really get to enjoy the bas- the second round of the basketball tournament because there was too much else going on. And uh you know, I wish some of these sports would be like, okay, Saturday and Sunday we're do March Madness, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, NFL free agency, then Thursday, Friday, back to March Madness. Rather than I'm just like getting overload from everything every single day. So I'm a little overwhelmed with sports a little bit. I was looking at oh, our outline too much. and I was like, yeah, I guess we won't talk about, you know, all this other important stuff because how could we possibly with, with, uh, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on uh, specifically in the NFL uh, and, and college basketball. But, I mean, hey, the gift that keeps on giving in the sports world, let me tell you. Hey, anything, I, it, anything you want to bring up, Yannick, you always are right ahead. Thank you. I, you know, I, I do want to go back really quickly to my Iowa airport story. There are two times I remember being on a plane when a big Iowa game was happening. It was this time disappointing. You want to know the last time that happened? I'd love to. 
okay, think about an Iowa heartbreak that happened that that I might have been on a plane for and and landed and we were getting crushed. What do you, what do you think that game was? I'd assume it'd be football. Yes, it was football. What game do you I'm think go- it was? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess either the 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 Big Ten championship game against Michigan or. Uh, against Stanford in the Rose Bowl. It was Stanford in the Rose Bowl. I was mm. so excited. I thought, oh, man, we're going to land, and I'm still going to get to watch the second half. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, well. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to avoid planes from now on when Iowa has to play a game. Because it's just. seriously, It's like, you know, forget the Mile High Club. It's the, you know, Hawkeye Sadness Club. It's not fun. It's Heartbreak City. But yeah. I, I, being at that game, the only benefit was it was like, I mean, for me, I was still like, I'm watching Iowa in the Rose Bowl. It was, I mean, Pasadena, California, weather's gorgeous there, 380 days out of the year. Um, so, like, when they went down 21-0, I was just like, I got a little buzz going on. I'm here with my family watching the Hawks. I had a bunch of other friends, like, in the stadium at, like, halftime. I was like, I'm just going to enjoy it. Like, we lost. Who cares? This is dope. Um, which kind of helped as opposed to and waiting just to, to get your heart broken. Yeah. But I, I feel you. I, like, on Monday especially, like, after all the conference tournament, after all the ba- – like, I was like, I can't do basketball anymore. And with the Oscars coming up, I've been watching wa- Oscar movies. I watch Nightmare Alley, which I, I I like that a lot. But I'm a New War guy. I always like Del Toro. Uh, and now I'm watching The Power of the Dog, which the whole time I just, like, kind of keep laughing and thinking about Sam Elliott's <laughs> comments about that movie. It was just like how angry he got about it. It was just like – Man, if, if you get mad about this movie, I, there are you're gonna be so shocked to hear where else gay people reside. Yeah, he's hit, just hit, like, hit, Sam. They're they're everywhere. Like, I don't, like how yeah. dumb do you have to be to be like? I mean, I guess he didn't really say that there were no gay cowboys, but in a sense, he like kind of did. It was just like Sam. I, I know you're basically really just known for having a really cool voice, but you gotta be a little smarter than that, don't you? Yeah, I hate to break this to you, Sam, but gay people don't grow out of a certain climate and soil. They're... <laughs> That's not how it works. It's not like, wow, the desert, it's yeah, too arid there. There can't be gay people in the desert. The soil's not not lush enough. That's that's not how it works, Sam. I don't know what I also, you. I don't know Sam Elliott's, like, background, so I'm, I'm not technically calling, like, I'm not calling him out for this. But I think there's times where, like, because he does have a lot of those, like, Western roles... Like, I think, like, Kevin Costner, like, started playing Cowboys so much that, like, Kevin Costner is like, I'm a Cowboy. And, and, like, I think actors do that sometimes where they, like, play a certain role or, like, they start thinking they really are that. Like, relax. Yeah, like Christian Bale's, like, I'm a sociopath now. <laughs> Christian, Bale. Christian Bale's got his own issues going on. That's, that's but... true. Good, good movies so far. I'm going to try, I'm going to try and, I, you can, I can watch every Best Picture streaming Besides, like, Belfast, but I can rent Belfast. And I probably, you know, the Irish in me, I probably will. So There you go. I got I, I got a nice little Lagunitas IPA. It's not the normal one. I got it because there's a dog on the on the can. You always got to mm. go with that. Hazy Wonder IPA. It's a nice, nice citrusy. I already opened it up so you don't get the, the sound. Hey, you know. I needed, I needed the post-lift post beer quicker than we were starting the episode. So, you know, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, listen. You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You can't wait around for other people. You gotta you gotta get it going when you can. I did something funny. I I ran out of my Corona beer from the Super Bowl finally, and I went to go pick up more beer, and I thought, unfortunately, I just want more Corona beer now. So I just got yeah. another six pack of Corona, and here we are with another Corona. So. Maybe this is what I do now. I just drink Corona every every episode. Which, hey, I'm not complaining, but it is. Dude, it, I does, need, uh, it does provide less depth. I love Corona, and like, I need to do a better job of just like buying. Like I, I like I think I've just like I've had too much Budweiser, but like I hate drinking that like kind of cheaper beer. So I buy more expensive beers like IPAs, where I really should like Tecate or Corona, like cheaper. The, like Mexican beers or south of the border, I enjoy those so much more. And I need to do a better job of like not. This weekend I did that. I was drinking, drinking Tecate. Except St. Patrick's Day, you gotta, you gotta drink Guinness. Which I, I love Guinness, but like Guinness is the most overpriced beer in the freaking world. 
It's yes, so it overpriced. It is. Tomorrow I'll drink. You know what? Tomorrow we're going to Smithfield. I'll drink a Guinness. That's what. That's how I'll start the night. You know, I uh, I, I miss St. Patty's Day with you, so I'll 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 celebrate with a Guinness as like it'll have been a week from St. Patrick's Day, so I'll make it up. I'm t- I'm I'm getting private cheapest beer on the menu. There you go. That's all. That's all my my bank account is like. You, you're you're gonna start liking Budweiser, Matt. Yeah, Narragans- Narragansett. Have you it's ever heard of this thing called water? It's like a tall water? boy, you know? <laughs> no. This thing called water? You don't get drunk no, and it costs no Go out and have a fun time. Oh, man. Come on. Come on, wallet. Don't be that insane. Make sure you are following us on the Instagram, two beers, please, underscore podcast. The Twitter page, two BP underscore podcast. Of course, the Facebook page. And they go like, subscribe, review, like you're a white lady named Karen on Yelp. Actually, mm. don't do that. Those Please. Never, they're, always, they're, always, they're always angry about <laughs> the craziest stuff. So <laughs> review it, but not in that sense. Jan, quick sport, breaking sporting news that we got to hit before we get into the meat and bones. Ashley Barty, retiring at the age of 25. My one question for you, because I didn't know this, but as like I was watching sports in earlier, uh, they said back when she was on the junior tour, she has done that before. Uh, it does kind of seem like it's a lot of injury. Do you see Ashley Barty ever playing tennis again? No, I don't. I think she... I, I watched her retirement video, and it did kind of have that sense of... So so she retired earlier, but I think she wanted to prove something, and she still thought, you know, you know, maybe I, I can still give this a chance, achieve some things. But when you have an athlete who is number one in the world just broke a duck for her country women in in a sport that they hadn't won the open in so long and you hear her say something like yeah i just don't have like i don't have the energy to keep it up at the top level i i just feel like they're 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 being you know that takes a lot to say as a top competitor so hearing that i i do think you know, that it is something that is going to be final. And, and, and why shouldn't it? You know, she's 25, especially for tennis, that's not super young anymore. Um, so it's not like she has not her super whole... old. It's not super old, but what I'm saying is it's not like you're saying, wow, well, like... Tennis players are getting... I mean, athletes everywhere are getting older more than they're getting younger, yeah, I would say. They are getting older, but, like, I think Ashley Barty to want to like would want to stay on the top if she's going to keep this... Thing going, and even though athletes are getting older, I think in tennis, apart from a couple of outliers, you know, the oldest ones aren't always in the top five. But, but regardless, that's not even the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm saying is like she did seem like it was a very personal and final decision to her. So, yeah, and I think she's retiring out on top. That's always something that you dream of doing that doesn't come to you all the time. Yeah, I, I, I think that I will be shocked if she doesn't play again. No, 25 yeah. years old she's so so young i agree with you i i think like in her bones in her soul like i think she's like yeah i'm stepping away this is what i need to do right now I, but i think it's it is a lot of her like fighting the health i think i, I even heard like maybe they talked about like her starting a family i don't know if that but like and that she has stepped away before and she, and she is so young because like you're saying 25 not super young but like shit three years from now she's 28 that's when most athletes peak so at 28, if she's like, damn, I, I miss playing tennis. I'm healthy now because I'm not constantly playing tennis. Like, I just think that's going to – I think she's too much of a competitor. And the fact that she's done it before, like, I think eventually she's just going to change her, like, her mind. Like, I don't think in her mind right now she's like, yeah, I'll come back. Like, I think she is, like, content with stepping away. But she's so, so young. And when you're like – we even just saw with Tom Brady. where I think Tom Brady was like, shit, I got more in the tank. And you know, like, Ashley Barty has to think that at least a little bit, even, like, with the, the health fight. Like, she has to know, like, damn, I could really – like, I'm just starting to, to maybe even reach my peak. So I, I think she will. I hope she does, if, if not, just because she's a great player. If not, all the best to her. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, it's a total respect to anyone if they're just like, look, I'm, as we've seen with professional sports, they can be, be taxing. And uh, I think it's smarter to – focus on on your health instead of maybe trying to, to juggle both like like a lot of athletes do easier said than done but all right Jan, the quarterfinals of the champions league are set yeah they are byron byron playing Villarreal, benfica and liverpool 
Atletico Madrid battling the other team in Manchester. And then probably the most marquee name, we got the defending champions, Chelsea, going up against the 13-time winner, Real Madrid. Which of these quarterfinal matchups intrigues you the most, Jan? Oh, it's got to be Chelsea versus Real. I mean, it has to be, because the other ones, are, there's a very clear favorite and a very clear underdog. And I think this is kind of an interesting place for both of these teams to play each other. You know, Chelsea, they're the holders. They're still strong. They're still beat on that pretty consistent defensive mentality, but they're certainly not unbeatable. They weren't even unbeatable when they won the title. Um, meanwhile, the Spanish Giants, they've been very impressive, you know, but showed a lot of weaknesses in that classical loss against Barcelona this weekend. Oh, yeah. And uh, so one, one wonders, you know, how much of that is going to kind of translate over into this high-powered matchup where they're playing a team that, you know, top to bottom matches, if not betters them, um, just in terms of talent. Uh, I think, you know... I think also if Real Madrid wins this, though, you can consider them real contenders. Because right now, I don't consider them contenders for the Cup. Like, I consider Bayern, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea as the four contenders. Real Madrid, if they beat Chelsea, you know, then, then I can consider them because I still don't know where Real Madrid lie. They've been impressive, don't get me wrong. Um, but I still, they're still... They should they should have lost, the, like, PSG. Yeah. They should like have they lost should've. to PSG. Yeah, they had right. they had a great game, but but they could have easily lost and should have lost. And so it's hard for me to now give it to them over PSG when PSG has shown so many holes this season too, even post Champions League out. Um, Chelsea, I don't re- I won't really feel different about them if they lose to Real Madrid. It's not like I'm like, oh, Chelsea isn't as strong because Real Madrid's still a good team, um, and we know that Chelsea is not unbeatable. Um, but yeah, I think this is a high powered game. I think it's gonna. You know, without the away goal rule, it'll see, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, who can just match up better on both days. But I, I'm really excited because it is it is the closest matchup that we have of the four. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when you're talking just like betting odds, uh, particularly, uh, th- this is the one where, where you're like, I don't really know where I, where I would go. Uh, I am going to pick Atletico, Manchester City, just because, you know, Manchester City's been the best team in Europe, but... We know they struggle in this competition. We know Pep sometimes overthinks things. On the opposite side, we know that Atleti, they've struggled this year. This is certainly not the most impressive. Like, past years of Atletico Madrid, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to really give them the test. It's it's tougher to have as much faith in them this time. But they show, they've showed a little bit more resolve coming up. And, and they still do have, like, that offensive talent that they have and just the sort of play that they're going to have. Uh, I, I wonder if Atletico and, and Simeone, his, his just strategy-wise, will will really also take advantage of, of a team in Manchester City that, as time, has looked with a little bit of lack of creativity without, a, 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 like, a real striker uh, in there. And so I think Atletico, of, of because of, just because, like, I think Chelsea, Chelsea, Real Madrid, easily the most exciting one. Bayern and Liverpool should move on. This is the one where I'm like, could, could maybe... Atletico, just because of the team they are, be enough to to split, uh, uh, trip up Manchester City on their way to the title. Jan, who do you think out of all these teams has the easiest road to winning the title? Yeah, I might I might be speaking, you know, as a fan, but I do think it's Bayern has the easiest road. I think they did what they needed I to agree. do in this draw, which was avoid Man City. They get to play an easy side. And like, that's what they needed to do. They needed to avoid Manchester City because Manchester City... You're right, they could totally get upset by Atletico, but they're still the clear best team in this tournament, um, just from top to bottom. And, you know, they don't they get to play Villarreal, who, you know, we saw that Juventus upset as a possibility from the get, so it's not like we're seeing that and thinking Villarreal is all of a sudden a giant beater. Um, and, you know, then they have to play Liverpool, and, and at least by then, Goretzka will be back from injury. Alfonso Davies will be back from injury. All these players that have kind of been on the out and have made Bayern a little weaker by not having those holes plugged, they'll be able to play Liverpool with their best team. Had they had to play Liverpool in the first round of this, yeah, I think they're an out. I don't think that they have currently the team that they want. I think Kimmich is still struggling with some post-COVID things as well. He's just not been the same player. Um, But yeah, I think it's Bayern um, because they just don't have to play Man City. Uh, And I I know that that's... Until the final. Until the final. I think that's big. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is big. The, the yeah. only benefit even to like, because I, I really think it is 
just because Atletico is a, a stick in the mud and, and Chelsea or Real Madrid, while we would favor City over both of them, they, they are still good sides. The one benefit to City's path over Liverpool or Bayern's is you kind of assume Bayern or Liverpool is going to have to beat the other one and then Manchester City. So it, it is a tough road in the sense of you, you're probably going to have to beat two of the of the favorites in there. Uh, but I think st- like the, just the road in, in general, Manchester, like, I'd still rather play Villarreal. I'd still have the road that, that Bayern has, and I think it is. And, and I would rather play Villarreal than Benfica. Like, I, I think Benfica presents a, a tougher – like, Villarreal, not that they're just happy to be here, but there's a little sense of they're just happy to be here. While Benfica, while playing in Portugal, is still a major, major – like, they don't think of themselves as a, a little brother to anybody. And I think sometimes that mindset in, in these big tournaments can, can go a long way. I, as far I, as favorite – Sorry, go ahead. No, I agree. And I also want to say, like, when Byron plays Liverpool, you have to imagine that's going to be in the heat of a Premier League race. And, like, Liverpool is going to be having to pay attention to their league, I think, more than Byron will have to pay attention to theirs. So I think that that could create a possibility for injuries that happen on the Liverpool side simply from having to play at a competitive high more than Byron will at the end of the season. I don't think it provides such a boost, but I think it is something to take into account. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool though is is still my my favorite just just because, like, I think as you say like City's looked the best but of just where this tournament's going forward I still have some questions about City and Pep Guardiola where I mean like Liverpool won multiple Champions Leagues in a time when they like couldn't win a Premier League this is a club that that no matter what does get it done in the Champions League um, and and I kind of I kind of feel like even in that scenario. I, I, I wonder which one Liverpool would would focus more on. I I would think Champions League just because it's a more straightforward um, endeavor. But Liverpool is my favorite. Just I, I don't know why. Like just the way they've been playing. I, that, that transfer window with Luis Diaz is, was a big get for them, I think. And, and Diego Jota still just keeps playing well. And anytime you got a guy like like Mo Salah that can do some special things. I mean, obviously. Bayern's got a guy in that and, and let him down. All these, all these top guys have a guy like that, but anytime you have that sort of playmaker on top of a good team, it can, it can be the difference maker in itself. Yeah, I mean, it, I, for me, the two favorites are very clear. It's either Liverpool, like you said, or for me, it's still Manchester City. I, I totally I get what you're saying. It's hard to bet on Manchester City in the Champions League, and I won't um, put any <laughs> money down on it. But in this case, where there's no money involved, I'll say Man City. I think especially because the conversation we are having is, is it going to be Liverpool or Bayern versus Man City? We're already kind of putting Man City in the final, and I think it's for good reason. I, I do think they're showing some weaknesses, but I think we still know that that they are a, the, you know the top team. And if they had had Champions League success in the past, I think we'd be talking about this very differently. Um, but it's definitely... And they, did, and they, did, they did make that, you know, get to the final... Uh, at, at least, and, and sometimes that can be enough to get you over the edge. I mean, they have been in like, but and I think even with them getting to the final, like, it's been, it's not even just that they've been the best team in Europe over this. It's been over the last, you know, couple years. It's been pretty clear they really are the best yeah. team right now. 100%. And I think uh, Byron's, Byron's a third, a little below those two. And, uh, you know, I'd love to say, but like, the way that we've been playing, I, I think. Like you said, having to beat Liverpool and then beat Manchester City, what a what a what a season that would be! Truthfully, I would be very happy to see it. But uh, I'd love it. I'd love it. It'd Man- be great. Manchester United fan over here would be a huge fan. <laughs> right, I'm happy to see it. And like, if that Take happens, it'll be I think probably the most impressive Champions League victory we've had, simply because we'll have beaten two of the top, I would say, three teams in Europe on the way to a title. We were us being the other three. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I I still think Liverpool, Man City have an edge over them, and I'm going to give it to Man City. I, you know, I know that they have problems, but they're still so good. That attack is so so they're strong, so good. and and uh, so good. and you know, I think all of them want it so so bad. Least uh, most of all, Pep Guardiola. He's he's going to be tearing what little Harry has left on his head out to try to make this happen. He. He it kind of he kind of needs it at this point. Like you you, you got to get it down to, like at this point. But like Manchester City, I guess I was debating you know debating. Oh, would Liverpool go for Premier League or Champions League? I, 
I don't really know. I feel like Manchester City would have to be like, screw the like, I don't give us 17. Just let us win the Champions League, please. Yeah, exactly. I think so too. All right. I think. I mean, I think we both assume Liverpool and Bayern will move on. I'm as intrigued as I am with Atletico. I see City moving on as well. Do you agree? Yeah. I'll, all three so, agree. I think. Yeah. The really the only toss up Chelsea Real. Where are you going? I'm going Chelsea. I think if the away goal rule is still in, I could see Real Madrid maybe nabbing it, you know, just from from a technicality. Um, but I do think Chelsea, the problem with Real Madrid is they don't have the, the, the strength that kind of attacks Chelsea's weakness, you know? It's not like, I think, for example, if Atletico Madrid played Chelsea, I don't, I don't know that I would pick Chelsea simply because Chelsea's got such a strong defense um and and Real Madrid isn't attacking the defense in ways that is going to really challenge Chelsea in a, in two 90 minute matches. I think that Real Madrid relies on the counter and I think Chelsea's really good against the counter. So, I just don't see the it's as a good matchup is what I'm trying to say um in this sense and I just don't see them being able to beat them over two legs, especially without any away goal technicality there. So, I'm going Chelsea. It's going to be close, but I am going Chelsea, uh which sets up a very interesting matchup with Man City. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And a, a nice showing for the Premier League, three teams in the semifinals. I'm going to go Real. Uh, I, I think this weekend, had more, I know the defense looked poor, but uh, most of the season the defense has looked good, and I think this weekend had more to do with what Barcelona was doing than, than Real. I mean, certainly there's – you lose 4-0, there's certainly some blame to be laid at your feet. But but I think it had more to do with, with Barcelona than Real. Uh, and then Chelsea I, – I just don't have any faith in this Chelsea team. I, I, I don't know why, but I – over two legs. I, I don't know why I have any faith in Real Madrid. I think I think out of all the players, I, I have faith in one thing, and that's Kareem Benzema, and and that is why I will I will go with Real. Uh, that's hey, and that's excellent commentary because who else could you have faith in on the strike force in that game besides oh, Kareem Benzema? <laughs> I mean, he single handedly beat the, got them through through Paris Saint Germain, so. Yeah. Why not again, you know? No, yeah, count out Kareem Benzema at your own peril. I wouldn't be surprised if he scored three ha- three games, uh, a hat-trick, a series on the way to the final. You would not, you would not see Kareem, me surprised. Kareem Benzema needs, like, that's a, that's a hell of a documentary of uh, a playing career and just the drama around his playing career, both, well, mostly internationally, but I'm sure there's some fun drama in his days in, in Madrid. Yeah, there's got to be. Krim's, it's Spain. Kareem's a troublemaker. <laughs> I mean, you can even just see, like, before you know a thing about Kareem Benzema, the way he plays the game, like, this, this guy, he, he's a little troublemaker, isn't he? Yeah, he definitely is, 100%. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jan, let's move to the NFL, where the offseason has, like, each day gets more crazy. Uh, Devon, yeah. I had to say goodbye to Devontae Adams, the Packers, trading the receiver away to the Las Vegas Raiders. He's reunited with his best friend. Tough trade, but I think it's a smart deal for for the Packers. And today, in about like a, like I think I went to the gym and saw the Tyreek Hill like he was asking for a trade. And by the time I got done with my workout, he was traded to the Dolphins. Yeah, I was saw I was like talking to Jets and Dolphins, and I was like, oh man, what if he went to the Jets? That would be cool. I would watch him in the in 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 the stadium. I'm yeah. gonna go watch Tyreek. Uh, and then like immediately it was to the Dolphins, and I was like, great. And you know, as a Patriots fan, I was like, fantastic. That's exactly <laughs> what I want to see in my division is Tyree Kill, a hundred. Which I love. Which I love that you didn't have that worry with the Jets. You're like, if the Jets get him. Yeah, he'll be in my division, but it's the Jets. So, yeah. am I really gonna be all that concerned? No. Yeah, exactly. But the Dolphins, you know, they're they're a legitimate threat now. They were always going to be. They did well last season. They had some fumbles at the end there, but you know, they did well last season. Yeah, I mean, the NFL offseason we were talking about is like, you know, give, give me a second. It's I was looking at the trades that have been made and it's like I I've never seen this before. I mean, I remind remind me in an offseason where you have wait, 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10, like 15 major storylines. Major storylines. Yeah. Like truly and and we still don't know where OBJ is going. We still don't know where Julio's going to end up. If this if this offseason would have just been the Rodgers and the Brady storylines, it would have been a crazy offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, it was... just that it would have been like, man, that's whew, that's wild. Those guys are coming back. And it's been Russell Wilson traded, now Matt Ryan, which we will certainly talk about. Of course, Carson. Like, 
I, the quarterback carousel is easily like the craziest I've ever seen it and might still be going, um, particularly with there's still a draft and, and such. And, and certainly I think somebody will, will take somebody in the first round. Uh, so it, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, it absolutely is. And remember when we talked earlier how many quarterbacks will be taken in the first round? I changed my answer. It's going to be like six because because <laughs> there's so many teams making moves now that every team that didn't make hey, a move, take it's, they're just like, yeah, why not? Might as well because – and you know, I think this offseason, though, shows us something. We wondered, okay, how much of an effect is this – going to have now that the Rams went all in and won it all. And it has changed the game completely. This offseason, that's what you're seeing. Teams are like, we can't wait around. That is not the answer. This is the answer. You go get the guy now, and you and you put it all in. You trade all your draft picks. Forget the draft. Whoever's pick, it doesn't fuck, matter anymore. Fuck, fuck the picks. <laughs> fuck the picks, and go in and get your guys. And, I'm, and, I, and that's so much fun. I've also just yeah. never remembered a time when the AFC was so heavily better than the NFC. I mean, just, I mean, either division's heavily better. Like, it's always, you know, maybe one is better than the other, but, I mean, just looking at the teams in the AFC, you have a possible 10 to 11 contenders, where in the NFC, I, I really see, like, four to five, like, true contenders. Yeah. So, it's crazy. It's Maybe, really, honestly, even less. Even less. I'm being, I'm, I'm being, like, you know, like <laughs> I'm being hopeful, really, with generous that. Generous in the compare, but, like, the point is still made. Yeah, even I mean, with a even with a generous five compared to the amount of AFC as it's it's insane. Yeah, I mean, if like there's, these... there's going to be really good teams and and good quarterbacks in the AFC, like like a couple that miss out on the playoffs and not not even probably because their teams were all that bad, but just because the AFC is going to be that much of a of a battle. Oh yeah, I could see like some ten win team not making it for God knows what reason. Um, and and maybe it won't be like that simply because you have like an AFC West that <laughs> that they're going to be beating up on each other so much it's going to be like the Big Ten in college basketball really over there like everyone's going to be losing and winning and and you know but it's going to be a crazy season I'm very excited and we have the extra game now so more football for everyone and uh, yeah I mean you know the NFC was like hey look I know that we weren't you know we won the Super Bowl so it kind of we, we weren't the storyline, you know, for the most part. The AFC had all these quarterbacks, but we won the Super Bowl, and now we're going to win the offseason. The AFC was like, eh, no, 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 We're going to win the offseason. Um, I know that's not how it works, because the AFC teams don't work together like that, but it kind of feels like it almost. The AFC teams all got together and like, what if we made all of our lives a lot harder? <laughs> yeah, what if this we sounds, just... Sounds like sound... a horrible, horrible plan. I mean, this Rogers is the worst and... kind of this is the worst kind of collusion we have ever done. God, this is not the tampering we were talking about when we said we wanted <laughs> we to talk tampering. Gosh, uh, no, but it's so much fun. I like I said, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm I am excited. You know, it's fun to talk about, and I and I think there's I think there's even two parts to this. I think one, I think probably the more important part is that teams have seen the Rams, they've seen even the Bucks, uh, and do kind of a similar thing. And, and seeing the importance of, of just winning right now and what that can do, especially, like, I think winning the Super Bowl is, like, part of the reason that what Tom Brady did is so insane, what the Patriots did is so insane, is because, like, you, Aaron Rodgers is an amazing quarterback who has one Super Bowl. Like, winning Super Bowls are so goddamn hard, so any chance that you can give your team, you got to take it. And then I also think, like, part of the reason the NBA has gotten so much popular is because of the offseason. Like, people are more interested in the offseason and then the moves and then the players jumping around then like actual season and i i wonder if the nfl had, had ta has taken notice of that too and been like hey if, if we all if we do if we do like trade a little bit more if we have the, like this action a little bit more it's it's gonna keep i mean like it's the offseason of the nfl and we're talking about it as much if not more than march madness right now and and like that sort of strategy is how you create freaking mega monster that the NFL is. I mean, and I don't think it's just the NFL. I mean, we're not going to talk about it today, but I think it's the MLB too. They've been making making these crazy trades. I mean, the MLB, MLB though they trade uh, they trade a good amount though. Like I like growing up in the NFL, like just trades in general didn't occur that much. Like trading no, in the sure. MLB happens happens like all the time. No, maybe yeah. not always like the big. Maybe not always the the, the big big ones, but like like trade activity like if there was one major trade 
in the NFL in the offseason, you'd be like shot. Like the Tyree Kill or the Devontae Adams thing would have been huge when I was yeah, growing just alone. And that's and that's like seventh on the list of, of big, big things. And and you, maybe it's not it might just be coincidence that the NFL is, is doing this now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, Maybe we should be a little more freewheeling with this stuff. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it beca- the more money involved, the more teams just want to win. And the more teams just want to win, the more they're going to pull the trigger on these deals and not worry about the long-term security of their of their teams. I think that's just kind of where the trend is going a little bit. And I think, I think also something that it's going to result in is like, I don't know how many more times we're going to see a quarterback, you know, get a long leash you know, and, and have many years to prove himself. I think that, that, you know, with this new trend, I think we are going to see quarterbacks have like a more shortened window to prove that they can do it before teams pull the trigger and get something else. Barring of course, like contract stuff that goes into it. I, I don't know, you know, because there are so many good players. There's so many good players. So like there are moves to be made. And I think the era of like letting a quarterback play out four years and, you know, not getting anywhere is going to be less and less because teams are going to be like, nah, let's do it because, you know, I don't want to sit here for another two years and have the same discussion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you kind of you kind of have to be. All right, between Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, who do you think has more pressure on them in their, in their new spot? Uh, you know, oof, I, I think it is... I think it is Tyreek Hill. I have to say Tyreek Hill because... You know, Devontae Adams, I think it's also, how, how do I say this? Tyreek Hill is not a true number one like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, we don't have any question about whether he's a true number one um, because he, he is the he's, best. He's been number one, two, and three for the Packers for the last. Yeah, exactly. And he's been that, he's shown all of that. We have, as good as he's been, we have questions about who Tyreek Hill is as a player. And that's not a bad thing all the time. But it still is not as secure secure as Devontae Adams. It just isn't. We don't expect Devontae Adams to go to the Raiders and all of a sudden not know how to play the position, you know? But Tyreek Hill playing without Mahomes, who, you know, it's a different style of offense, uh, you know, it's going to be different for him. And I think there's there's more pressure on the Dolphins in general because they have to... Not more pressure, I just mean... There's more of a development that needs to happen with the Dolphins, where the Raiders were already in a good place. So I think Devontae slots in and just helps them. I don't know how much pressure. It's not like we're going to be looking at, like, wow, Devontae ruined the Raiders. That just doesn't seem like a storyline we're going to be talking about. Where we could see, I could see Tyreek Hill, you know, just disappear for a year if it doesn't work out with Tua. It it just could happen. So um, I think that more pressure is on Tyreek uh, to perform, just simply because he's playing without, without Mahomes, and we have questions about his number one receiver status. Yeah, I agree. I, I think too, like I mean, it's like to your point about Devontae, it's all, like we like we kind of know what to expect from Devontae, and even kind of like the rate, like what, like I guess, like, like we just kind of like I don't know if any of us are like, oh, they're Super Bowls, but like, okay, that's going to be a good team. Where if they do go bad, it's going to go, it's like it's going to look a lot worse and, and stuff because we just expect that they're probably going to be a better situation than the Dolphins. But maybe that's, like, more to the point of Tyreek is, like, Tyreek, the pressure's on him because, like, he kind of – like, I think Devontae's, like, coming in and it's like, oh, this was the piece on offense that we needed. We know that you can fill that. Where Tyreek, it's going to be like, all right, especially in that Mike uh, McDaniel offense, which I think is going to be great because of how good he is with, with, you know, moving people around. We saw him do it with Debo Samuel. And I think Tyreek Hill's skill set could be – maximized by him as, as much as any coach uh in the league maybe besides Andy Reid um but but I think there is like it's like all right Tyreek like you are you are the the weapon like even if Devontae like doesn't start like you know Darren Waller is still gonna show up Hunter Renfro is gonna like guys are gonna help him get there and and he also already has that relationship with Derek Carr which as we saw with Jamar and Joe Bur- like I, I don't think Joe and, and Jamar Burrow's success was just because, like I think their their time together at LSU had an impact on how quickly they were so successful in the NFL, and and when I think that'll trans like help Devontae's transition as well. Yeah, I think we've seen that. You know, I think we saw that with Tua and Jalen Waddle as well. You know, I think that that even having a minor relationship, just having right. practice time already, 
shows, you know, these receivers can really jump from being rookies to being the number one really fast. Um, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I question whether how successful, of course, it's going to be successful in terms of like, that's the kind of player Tyreek Hill is. So Mike McDaniels will put him in that Debo role. Um, I question sometimes though, you know, Debo Samuel is a bigger guy who can take more hits. So if they're going to play him in that wide receiver running back one position, kind of like like more akin to a Debo, I wonder how long Tyreek Hill can hold that up without, you know, getting injured. In that case, I would I would almost I would right. almost he will he will have to use him differently. Like he's you're I don't think you'll probably ever see Tyreek I mean, I guess they did it in KC a little bit too. Like, but I don't think they're going to put him between the tackles all that much. I, I think more he's going to get him out in space just as as much as possible and do oh, that yeah. more of the game plan that he did with Debo than right. than anything else. Yeah, yeah just I, the motion. I mean, like that was that became some of the toughest part of Debo. It was like you didn't know what they were going to do with him, and so even if he didn't get the ball, him moving around and jumping around just like threw your your defense off. Right. Exactly. And also the good thing about about. Miami for Tyreek is he doesn't really have to be that number one receiver if he doesn't want to be because they have Jalen Waddle who who can be the move the sticks guy and then they have Tyreek who can make the big plays I think it's a great great lineup for the Dolphins on either side of the field for those wideouts um, and I think it's going to be really exciting to see what happens but there is definitely more pressure on Tyreek because Devontae you know maybe it doesn't gel as quickly as we're thinking but you know, come end of the season, come the playoffs, which the Raiders will probably be in, no one's going to want to see Devontae Adams on the other side of the field, and that's just the truth. Yeah, it's it's true. It's almost like I, you could, could, like, this is going to be kind of a bad comparison because it has to, like, the whole, this whole scenario would have to play out. But if you compared it to Ronaldo and Messi, like, I think Ronaldo going back to Manchester United, there was more pressure. Kind of because everyone was like, well, it's going to work out for Messi. And so, like, there wasn't that much pressure for Messi. It hasn't worked out. So now it's, a sh- like, a shit show and kind of a disaster, which, like, I think that would be the scenario. But, like, I don't think there's the pressure on Devante because we're like, oh, this is going to work out. If it doesn't, it'll be like, shit, that was a huge disaster. But I don't think, like, the pressure is there because we just kind of were like, yeah, this will this will work. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we, we kind of give a higher floor expectation for Devonte, um and and that provides a different kind of pressure because also if the dolphins don't make it to the playoffs again i don't know how much we're going to be looking at tyreek and being like wow see bad trade i think we'll be looking at tua i i, I do think that that's what's going to happen um so it, yeah an interesting comparison i do like that though like you know if, if like if the raiders just, miss the playoffs yeah, you get like you get my point though like it's yeah. like everyone's like no messi to psg is is gonna work out yeah, exactly. Same thing like we're expecting with, with uh, I I would almost say we're expecting with like Russell Wilson in Denver. Like, you know, we expect that it's going to, he's there going to make the playoffs. If they didn't, you know, that would be a horrible trade. And that's, that would, you know, that would definitely, there would be some stuff that has to happen afterwards. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting, man. I'm every, I'm going to have to get my Sundays off because I'm just going to have to watch all these AFC matchups every Sunday. It's going to be blockbuster play every Sunday. Mm-hmm gonna be a great 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 year of, of football and i maybe maybe fantasy won't break my heart by like week five that would be great you're talking about oh. quarterback uh expectations and, and mentioned russell wilson let's talk about the newest quarterback traded uh i believe i, I might be wrong probably wrong by now there's probably been like seven other trades by the time you'll listen to this but the newest quarterback traded as of right now matt ryan getting traded from atlanta to indianapolis there was a lot of Rumors about Garoppolo and Mayfield to Indy. But then after the, the Deshaun Watson trade, which that contract is so gross. It's so nasty. Yeah. Uh, it's just icky. Uh, that's all I got to say. Um, so Matt Ryan to Indianapolis. The Colts have been looking for their quarterback for what seems like forever. Obviously, since Andrew Luck retired, I, I think they've had a quarter, different quarterback at least start the year differently for the last five years. But Matty Ice in Indy, what do you think the Colts' prospects are, or at least what do you think the Colts should be expecting now that they have Matt Ryan? AFC Championship. I think that you can. I think you can't say Super Bowl simply because the AFC is so good with so many different teams. So saying they should be Super Bowl like is, is kind of like, yeah, of course, but everybody is in that division. So 
that's almost like unfair of a caliber to set for them. But they should be looking at the AFC Championship even with all these competitive teams. They have a fantastic defense. They have great receivers. They have a MVP candidate running back. And now you have a quarterback who's a veteran, who knows how to play well, and will, who won't be having to play hero ball sometimes like he's had to in Atlanta these last couple of years, which is where we've seen some of the mistakes happen with Matt Ryan. You know, I applaud the Indianapolis Colts for going for a Matt Ryan rather than a Baker Mayfield, rather than a Jimmy Garoppolo, rather than, you know, mortgaging the house on another name simply because you want to win now. They made a smart move because they didn't need a star quarterback. They needed a quarterback who was going to not make mistakes, who was going to help move the change. That's who Matt Ryan is. And I think that it's it's a great move. I really do see the Colts as a top contender in this league. Um, and now he plays with not only a stellar defense, but a great running game, which Matt Ryan hasn't had in a long time. So I'm excited to see it. When Matt Ryan has a running game, he's extremely, extremely, like with the, this, the years that the Falcons had, like Michael Turner and he was rolling. And uh, I guess Gurley never really got, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on some Devonta of the guys Freeman. that were really successful. Yeah, he had, had some great years that like, when you give Matt Ryan a running game, it, it makes, uh, the, Diana Rossini on, on Get Out the other day set his record and it's something, it's, it's absurd. Like it, it makes a huge, huge impact on his game, as it does for most quarterbacks. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I think, too, it's, they're in a – like, you're going to get traded to any division in the AFC. That's the one you want to go to. Like, the yep. Texans are, are still not all that scary. The Jaguars are still not all that scary. And if, if you're going to talk about, like, a division champion that you'd want to be battling, I'd pick the Titans over anyone else, like, at least in the AFC, every time. Like, they they – they are just the, the least threatening team because of how they play. And, and we've seen their performances in the playoffs. They're, they're not a team that, that has gotten it done when it matters most. So I, I think they're in a perfect position division-wise. And and I think he, like, to me, too, like, when you look at the other quarterbacks they've gotten, Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, blah, blah, blah. I, like, I think Matt Ryan is easily the best of the bunch. Like, I like I don't even think it's close. It, it, Phillip Rivers at his prime, we could argue about Matt Ryan. But I think, I think Phillip was – was done at that time i think matty ice still has has a couple good years in him yeah i think matt ryan is better than drew Brees was his last season than philip rivers was his last season he hasn't he hasn't slowed down just yet i think he's got a year or two before maybe that catches up with him but he showed at atlanta like i said he had to play some hero ball which i think exposes any quarterback when when you have to play that way but i i do agree i think it's not even close with any of these other quarterbacks Apart from, you know, the, the big ones that we will talk about, too. But I think Matt Ryan was, I just, it's the perfect signing. And after such a disappointing miss of the playoffs, what a good way Ugh. for the Colts to respond. Because they, that, they there is so much pressure on them. So they, they responded well. They didn't try to go with a Jimmy or a Baker who was just going to help them miss the playoffs again. Like, it's going to be great. Or, like, get them, like, probably, like, yeah, Jimmy G probably would have led them to the, the win over the Jaguars. So they're 10-7. and seven. They make the playoffs as the sixth seed or the seventh seed or whatever. Like their their ceiling was, we 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 would have been like, oh, yeah, the Colts will be fine. They'll they'll get some good wins in this season, but they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Now with Matt Ryan, you I, I think you really do. And it's like, shit, man, what they get him for? Third rounder? I mean, I know he's thirty six, but like that is dirt cheap. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's why I loved it. I was like, you didn't mortgage the house and you got an MVP caliber quarterback in his prime, like. And, and you got a vet, too, that, that is also has been there, has led his team through adversity, has led his team to success, and, and is exactly the game manager that you need. Not one that can't do anything and you have to plan around, but one that is willing to just do what is asked of him, which is exactly what when, you want. Like, Matt Ryan has, has had certainly struggles at times, as you said. He, hero ball, he's trying to do too much. But I think overall, like, if you think about Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, like, when you need a play made... You, you know Baker and Jimmy G are like probably not going to do it. Matt Ryan has like I, you know that Matt Ryan can can make that play, can make those throws, uh, and yeah, I, I think he elevates the Colts tremendous. I mean, it was, like you were saying earlier, just how good the AFC was. They traded away. You're just like Jesus Christ. The AFC is so so stacked. It's absurd. It is absurd, you know. And also, I if I had to put money down on anything for this NFL season. If I had to put down a million dollars that I do not have, I would put down that invisible a million dollars on the fact that the Titans are not going to be the number one seed this year. Like I'm, so, that's what I would put yeah. my money on. So that's what I would put all my money on. So I think that's they're in a great fair. situation. Yeah, I think so. I'd be shocked. I what would have to happen for that to happen? Really, just pure 
just, I don't yeah. Pure bloodshed. And I have bad crossover games with the NFC. Yeah. They probably are gonna do it because that's just what but they're gonna do it and then they're gonna lose their first game. So of it's course. No, yeah, like always. <laughs> Business as usual. Yeah. Typical Titan season. Um, mm. we all expect Ryan, of course, as we just said, to to elevate his team. Same thing with Russell Wilson, but certainly some other quality names or, or, or you know not- noticeable names uh that 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 I, I don't know what word i'm trying to think of i just bleh, turned off the thesaurus in me just shut up but uh <laughs> names that people know but maybe aren't uh you know elite quarterbacks i'm talking about carson Wentz going to washington mitch trubisky of course going to pittsburgh and marcus Mariota will now be taken over for matt ryan down in atlanta out of those three guys who do you think is going to be doing the best with their new team, Jan? Yeah, well, let me throw Wentz out of the conversation because he's going to a team that he's going to have to play hero ball in more than in Indianapolis. So congratulations, everybody. You're going to see the last season of Carson Wentz being a starting quarterback, and then we'll never hear from him again. Yay, Carson, everybody. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz plays hero <laughs> ball even when he doesn't need to play hero ball. That is yeah. Carson Wentz's kryptonite. Carson Wentz, the hero no one asked for. The hero we don't know. deserve. <laughs> you didn't you didn't have to keep the play alive and then throw that interception, dude. Just like take the two yard sack. It was yeah. fine. Yeah. Oh. No. Oh. So I'm taking Wentz out of the conversation because we're only gonna see him for one more year before he's a backup. Uh Mitchell Trubisky, I think, is the answer I'm gonna give you. I, I, I love Marcus Mariota getting another chance. You know, I, I think that it could be a sneaky good pick because Atlanta, they're just going to run a lot of fun plays with him and Cordero Patterson, just like maybe just switching off being in the backfield. Um, So that might be fun to watch. But like, let's be honest, Atlanta is not in win now mode. They're they're truly in rebuild. um, And Marcus Mariota, maybe he works out, but it's just not going to evolve into anything this year in terms of winning. Mitchell Trubisky, on the other hand, you know, I think he's got a great coach pairing with uh, with uh, Tomlin. And I think he's got a great culture to learn from, uh, and I think the whole team can grow together after the after the retirement of Big Ben. Uh, and he's got a running game, which we talked about is so important. Najee Harris in the backfield, you know, one of the most impressive rookie running backs. So I think it is Mitchell Trubisky. I still think we have something to learn about who he is as a quarterback. So there's some questions about that. But in in comparison with these other two, you just expect the Steelers to win more games and be in a better, better position than an Atlanta team that's rebuilding and a Washington Commanders team that's just trying to, you know, not lose a million games. <laughs> that's that's pretty fair. Yeah. Not losing a million games would be would be nice for them. Yeah, Carson, it's it's tough just because of what, Car- what we've seen from Carson. You're like, I don't, like I said, this hero ball, like, just puts himself in, in bad situations, unfortunately. And, and I agree, like, the situation in Atlanta is just going to be, I mean, Calvin Ridley and Cordell Patterson will be a great weapon, and, and I'm sure we'll see Kyle Pitts keep on continuing to, to elevate his play. But it, it's going to be tough in Atlanta. And then partly, too, is like Pittsburgh has a really good defense. Washington has a good defense, too, but they've got Carson Wentz. So the defensive argument doesn't really work as well for their favor. But, yeah, the Steelers, you got a great defense. You, you've got some still solid young weapons. And, and you mentioned that you got Mike Tomlin. And uh, Mike Tomlin's he's, – he's not going to ask – Never asked Mitch Trubisky to do too much. I, I think he's going to use his skill set to the best of, of Mitch's ability, which is part of the reason Mike Tomlin's such a good coach. Yeah, exactly. Learn from it, people. Learn from it, teams that have pushed their quarterback for no reason other than, you know, they don't know what else to do. I was like, why the hell not? Because it's a horrible <laughs> idea. All right, Jan, we mentioned on Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield. Both are still on the market. Uh, both still with the Niners and the Browns. It's kind of crazy in this this offseason where we've seen so many names move. Like, we came into this offseason, and I think Jimmy G was, like, at the top of the list. Like, well, we know Jimmy G's going to get – like, he's not going to be with the Niners at all, and he's one of the guys that still has not been moved. Uh, but out of, out of Garoppolo and Mayfield, who would you rather have starting for your team? This is – you know, they're just not so different in terms of their ability versus the cost of the mistakes they made uh, – they make. So I I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think if you're looking at in terms of, and I know Baker Mayfield had injury problems last season, but for the most part, you know, they haven't been because he's injury prone. I think they because he tries to do too much sometimes. So if you look at the injury history for both of them, Garoppolo coming off two injuries kind of back to back here in double seasons, um, and you're looking at, you know, which quarterback 
maybe feels like they're more exciting simply because they have more to prove. I think I'm going to go with Baker and Mayfield. You know, I think that if Jimmy G is going to be a great quarterback to have when you need a reliable quarterback, you know, just to not, you know, mess everything up. I If I was Washington, I would sign Jimmy G and make him compete against Carson. I really would. I, I, I don't know that that's a horrible decision. And then you don't have to just rely on Carson Wentz, which we know can end horribly for you. Um, but it's I think... proven to be a volatile plan. Right, exactly. But I think Baker Mayfield has the biggest chip on his shoulder that he's ever had, which is saying something because he always has a chip on his shoulder. He's got more to prove. So if I'm a team that needs a quarterback and doesn't have a lot of prospects, I think I'd want to rather have Baker to try to elevate simply with the moxie, as one would say, than Jimmy G, who who is good. But that is all he's going to be is good. You know, you know exactly what you're getting from Jimmy G. Perhaps, perhaps, and I can't believe I'm saying this, perhaps there is more we still have not seen from Baker Mayfield now that this chip has been driven ever so deep into that left shoulder. Yeah, I I just have no more faith in the perhaps. Yeah. And I, I get where you're I get where you're coming from because like I do think just of like a talent of what the, the quarterback, if you strip everything else away, can bring to the to, to like the team the best of their ability again. I, I think it is Baker. But I as I've said before, his personality helps build him, but it also helps crush him. And I think right now it is way like i don't think it's helping him and and i i just I, I don't have any faith in what he can bring so again to like to baker's credit you get baker he is far more of a leader if he can positively impact your team he's going to do it a lot more than jimmy g like jimmy g's a nice guy but he's he, more mild mannered but on the, the flip side of baker mayfield's positive impact is is what we've seen just even from this offseason like these are two guys that are in pretty similar situations Baker Mayfield's over here throwing a hissy fit. We haven't heard anything. Like Jimmy G's just like, all right, what? Like, I think he sent out a thank you to San Francisco at like, the end of the year because he expected to get traded. But it, it just the volatile nature that that Baker can bring to a team and just where he's at right now is it's just a little too uh, too chaotic for me. So I'm gonna for once in my life pick Jimmy G over another quarterback. I guess oh, I'd man. probably pick Jimmy G. You know, if we were talking about great looks yeah of course i mean the most handsome quarterback still don't you get it wrong um that's why i never feel that bad about like ripping on jimmy g because i was like dude you are gorgeous like it, life's fine yeah also you're still a starting right. quarterback in the nfl so like life's really fine for you yeah that's why he's not throwing a hissy fit he goes listen i've i i look at myself in the mirror every day and i think i'm a gorgeous starting quarterback in the nfl if worst comes to worst, I can go on TV and people are gonna fall in love with me. So we're gonna we're gonna love this. Like, do you know every how much so money often. I've made? Do you know how many I've got Super Bowl rings? Um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Jimmy G, like honestly, when you look back on careers, you're not gonna think of Jimmy G's as one of the greatest, but it it's gonna low key be one of just like the the most well maneuvered <laughs> careers of all time. He's right. a champion. He's made himself some good money. Like he's gotten a good contract. He's been in some hype, like Boston and Sam. He killed it. Yeah, he has. And I think if you knew nothing about football and you're just looking like in 20 years what the playoffs were like in this decade, you'd just be like, "Wow, this Jimmy G guy was really good. He kept getting there. He was like a top five quarterback." He did it done in the playoffs. <laughs> he does. So I, you know, you're starting to change my mind a little bit, but I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to stick where I am because that's what we do. No. Um, but I, I, I see what you're saying, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm betting on that. Like, I just feel like Baker Mayfield should go to the Jets if Zach Wilson was injured. I feel like he could go to the Jets and he could make the Jets exciting. <laughs> I'm, I would watch to watch Baker Mayfield uh, as a New York Jet and just be like a more crazy Mark Sanchez. Really, he made Cleveland exciting. Yeah. He did. And, and, now, and now Cleveland sucks. Now we all, like, Cleveland, Cleveland, literally, even with Baker Mayfield, who is, like, kind of, you know, people love or, or hate him, it still became, like, a, a feel-good team and a team you wanted to cheer for because of how, short, like, shitty they've been for so, so long. And now they are the Astros of the NFL. Yeah, rightfully so. Same color, same same reputation, really. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that contract because it's just like, yeah, there's just, there's just very little good to feel about it. 
after the contract, I, I was like, man, I feel like I totally miss, uh, let's see, under, under, like, t- wasn't as harsh on Deshaun Watson on our last episode as I probably should have been. Like, I was probably a little too lenient with, with my words of inappropriate with, with women. Um, I don't want there to be any gray area there that I'm not, not on Deshaun Watson's side here. No, I mean, and I think I think we're clear about that because if we were on Deshaun Watson's side, we'd be talking about him like crazy right now. But we're not. You know yeah. why? Because Cleveland can go fuck themselves. They really yeah. can. I don't. I don't. This is our podcast. We can talk about whatever the hell we want. And I do not give a shit if the Browns have Super Bowl chances. They probably do. Don't give a fuck. As yeah. you said, this is one benefit of all these AFC teams having champ. There's just too many other teams to talk about. You know, how many yeah. how many teams you want us to get to? Exactly. I see a possible Super Bowl matchup where everybody doesn't want to go for Tom Brady because how could you? But then he's playing the Cleveland Browns and you have to go for Tom Brady. I would, yeah, I would definitely root for Brady there. Oh, me too. A hundred percent. I root. I root for the. I root for the Bears. I root for the Vikings. I root for the, the Lions. That's easy. Oh, if the Lions made it, are you kidding me? The biggest, the biggest favoritism in the world to have Detroit yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, I would have no qualms cheering for the Bears in that situation. I'd be like, hell yeah, good on Justin Fields. Yeah, Sean Watson ain't shit. Truck yeah. agrees. He's like, screw Sean Watson, <laughs> screw that guy. Yeah. The oh, one man. person I did like from Clemson. Now I just despise Clemson. All right, yeah. One more NFL topic. We talked about all they good at AFC teams. The AFC West may be the best division, not even in the AFC, just in, in in the NFL in general. You got the Broncos that have beefed up, the Raiders with Devontae Adams, the Chargers with big signings defensively, and of course the Chiefs, even trading away Tyreek Hill, uh, it, are, are the Chiefs. You, you got Patrick Mahomes, it, it's going to be tough. So out of those four, one of them has to finish at the bottom. Who are you going with? My original answer was the Denver Broncos um, because I, I had questions about what we can expect from Russell. Now, he has a better defense, he has a better offensive line, he has weapons, but it's not like all of the problems that the Seahawks had. They were mostly the Seahawks, but what do we see from Russell is still a question I have. Like, how good of a trade it is. It was a good trade, don't get me wrong. But, like, was it a beat, like a world-beater trade? I'm, I just have questions about that. However, that Tyreek Hill trade, I definitely have more questions about how Mahomes does without Tyreek than I do about how Russell does in Denver. So... I'm going to say, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas simply, City Chiefs. Simply because I don't I'm know what, off, what won't look like, what they'll look like without Tyreek. And I'm not saying that they'll all of a sudden be the worst team. But you also have to remember, Chargers made moves on the defense to make it better. Raiders made moves on the defense to make it better. And the, the Broncos just have a good defense. So I think that the Chiefs have the weakest defense of those four. Maybe it's close with the Raiders, but I don't think it's that close. And and in these teams, you expect a lot of shootouts, and I just don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come out on top of those shootouts. So, you know, maybe the schedule runs in their favor in terms of outside of the division play, they win more games. But if I'm just looking at this division play, I, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to... Oh, man, I cannot believe I'm saying that. I'm picking the Chiefs to finish last, I, but I, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Somebody somebody record that just in case. Yeah. I'm, because you're either going to look like a genius or, or a fool. Hey, listen. That's, no, sport, no, no that's sports commentary, baby. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm going to go with the Broncos. It was, it was For me, it was between the Broncos and, and the Raiders. I, I do love the Devontae Adams pick. I mean, obviously, I know as well as anyone how good and impactful Devontae Adams can be. But I, I still have a few questions about the Raiders and just what everything's going to look like. I, I like Derek Carr, but, like, we – he has his own struggles, but but I, I kind of agree with you, what your first step was saying about the Broncos, just kind of the questions around them and what Russell is going to look like. I think it's it's very easy to just be like, oh, all the problems were Seattle's, like you were saying, when I don't, you know, maybe age, age hits everybody differently, and like I've said in episodes before, it, it affects definitely affects a guy like Russell Wilson more than it does a Tom Brady or, or an Aaron Rodgers who hike the ball and stand there and then throw it. Russell's mobility um, is is a part of his game and also is, is kind of a requirement of his game because of his, his height. So I, I just have a few more questions about the Broncos. So I, I went with the Broncos, but it's going to be – I mean, this is this is the division that, like I was, we were saying earlier about, like there's going to be a 10-win team. Like I think I, I think you, 
I think there's a good chance that there's probably a 10 win team that misses the playoffs. And, and the AFC is, it is going to be insane. Like when you think about this, this division alone, you could say Derek Carr and Justin Herbert or Derek Carr and, and Patrick Mahomes or uh, Russell Wilson and Patrick missed the playoffs. And that is quite a statement. Right. You're going to have these four crazy teams and one of them or two of them are going to miss the playoffs. Meanwhile, like a team like the Patriots, who's just decent, but they don't have any world beaters probably going to be on the edge and making it in simply because they get to play the Jets twice, you know, like that's, it's going to be an interesting schedule. Um, situation. The, NFL, the NFL strategy for this year, play the Jets as many times as you can. Actually, How just play times? in New, just play in New York City as many times, Jersey as many times as you can. Yeah, exactly. If you play the Jets and Giants at least once, you're solid. You're good. If you play, if you're Unless... in the AFC East and you also can schedule a game against the Giants, that's three wins right there. You're on your way, baby. If you're you want to play in Jersey, unless you're going up against the St. Peter's Peacocks, baby. Oh, the St. Peter's Peacocks, baby. 